0: Gardening with Cisco is brought to you by and bonjour all you gardening cats and gators and happy new year boy oh boy 2019 it's uh it's hard to believe but uh time seems to be uh ticking off kind of fast these days (laughs) hey I'm sure uh I bet I know where everybody's gonna be uh uh this evening (laughs) glued to their tv set go hawks hey uh this show is dedicated to a really fun, loving, and talented person who uh, left us, uh, but she almost made it to 99 years old, so I'm talking about my good friend Jigs Coleman, and uh, I was at her memorial yesterday, and uh, I just, I always really liked her. She was incredibly talented with uh, crafts, she could make anything into anything, and um I loved her garden because it felt like you were going to a uh, an ocean cabin. It had all kinds of driftwood around it, and it was really neat. And uh, she was in the Lake Forest Garden Club and the Rock Garden Society, and uh, so it was, it was just nice to be at her memorial yesterday to kind of uh, remember her. And I saw so many good friends there, so it was really wonderful seeing all of you and uh, Sharon Coleman is a really great friend of mine, her daughter, and uh was a mentor for me, really got me interested in entomology and learning about bugs and plant diseases, all the cool things, you know. <laughs> so so uh uh Jigs, you were great. All right. And uh hey, just want to remind you, I'm going to be at the Piala Pullman Garden Show tomorrow at 1pm. So, hey, who wants to watch that other playoff game? That one doesn't matter. You've got to come to my talk. So I hope lots of you come. Somebody's going to win. Just one of you is going to win a really cool gardening with Cisco t-shirt, which are, uh, are liked quite a bit by most people that, uh, win them. Uh, Let's see, I want to let you know I'm gonna be on New Day Monday and I'll be talking about evergreen grasses, how to take care of them, you know, uh show you a few really cool ones, and I think that'll be quite a bit of fun, because you don't really treat those the same as you do the grasses that turn like into straw in the wintertime. So we'll talk about that. There's two really great talks that I wanted to make sure you know about. So uh let me quick uh Go to that section in my website here. Boom. And uh so one is the Northwest Hort Society lecture. And uh so that sounds really fun to me. It's going to be this Wednesday, January ninth, and the talk starts at seven fifteen, but you can go there at six fifteen and it's at the Center for Urban Horticulture. Right over by the Heck, Heck Ed's Pavilion and everything over there. And, uh, and it only costs five bucks if you're an N- NHS member, but only ten bucks if you're not. And this one sounds really fun. So it's Ron Gagliardo. He is the Senior Manager of Horticultural Services for Amazon. And, uh, he's presenting this talk called Year Five on Day One. And it's all about the amazon spheres, all the he's gonna talk about how they put it together, I think uh you know all the plants that are in there. I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. I don't know if you've been to the Amazon spheres. I've been in it a couple of times now, two or three, and uh it's really, really cool in there so and you can go you have to sign up through Amazon. I can't remember how you do that, but if you do a search, you can find out a way to go. And, uh, and they have, you know, open days and you can go, but you have to be signed up and you'll just love it. And I think you always get a tour too. So, uh, should be really great, but this talk will be a lot of fun. And, uh, Bouquet Bank, uh, nursery is having their 2019 Hardy Cyclamen open house. And so that's over in Marysville and that's happening Saturday, January 12th and, uh, Sunday, January 20th. So if you're into, uh, really cool hardy cyclamen, that would be cool. And then another really, really great, uh, talk that I've heard this talk and I could testify. It's terrific. It's at the Bellevue Botanical Garden and it is January 16th. That's a Wednesday. At 7 p.m. And it only costs, uh, uh, five bucks if you belong to BBG, otherwise 15 bucks if you're a non-member. And this is over at the Bellevue Botanical Garden. So John Marsloff, he's a nationally known professor of wildlife science at the University of Washington, and he's an expert in birds. And so he's going to give a talk about how to attract birds and and why the city and city parks are starting to attract more birds than, uh, rural America now. So it's a, I, it's a great talk. I really loved it. He's a good speaker and, uh, you'll love it. So, uh, that is Wednesday, January 16th at 7 PM over at the Bellevue Botanical Garden. If you're like me, one of the things I love about gardening is the birds in my garden. I am all named. <laughs> They're wonderful. And uh, sometimes you get a bad surprise when, like, uh, when the hawk came down and nailed Charlotte Chickadee right in front of me in the bird bath. That was a shock I'll never forget. <laughs> I still cry when I think about it. So, uh, so it's, uh, it'll be a great talk. I think you'll really enjoy it. All right. So, uh, I think I've covered almost everything. Now I'm going to be, uh, flying solo again today. So I hope you'll give me a call. And you, if you call right away, of course, you'll get right in, get your question answered. So the number is one triple eight nine seven three 973 Cairo, one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. 973 5476. And of course, since you don't want to just hear me sit here and give a soliloquy. <laughs> I do have some uh, emails and other interesting questions that I got this week, including one from the memorial. Someone asked me a very interesting question. So uh all right, I think we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break, and we'll be right back on the best gardening station in the whole USA, 97.3 Cairo FM.
1: This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends, brought to you by PacificTopSoil.com and Mulbax in Woodenville. Ooh la
0: la! Here's Cisco. All right, we're going to head over to Lakewood and talk to Bob. Hey, Bob, what's going on this morning? Hey, Cisco, Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year to you too. Um, I live
2: on a uh, on a golf course, and right exactly on the property line the golf course has a giant oak tree and i've had the house for 3 years this is the first year that i have been inundated with thousands of i guess it's acorns off oh. of the tree yeah and i have tried raking i've tried blowing i've tried lawnmower uh, they're <laughs> and they seem like they sprout and they get into the grass and i can't get them out what's the problem if i just leave them there
0: well uh you you just said what the problem is you're gonna have a forest of oak trees (laughs) oh no if they're sprouting and sending roots into the ground they're gonna grow okay yeah so (laughs) and uh here's the problem it's like now next year you may not get as many of these acorns now i gotta tell you You're not gonna, I don't think you'll really get a forest of them because a lot of them just don't make it. And especially if they don't get a lot of water, but if the golf course is watering right up to the edge and hitting where the, where the uh, acorns are falling, you could get a little forest of uh, little oak trees and they send a deep root so fast, you can't believe it. Because we had two giant red oaks at seattle university i mean these things are enormous 80 feet by 80 feet wide almost you know and uh they were always dropping those darn acorns and what i found a couple of things one was that uh, we had the best squirrel population you've ever seen in your life and that helps the acorns grow because those stupid squirrels are burying them all the time (laughs) Uh, the other thing is though, they they would take a year off usually one year Mm -hmm. we'd get so many acorns we couldn't stand it, the next year usually we'd still get a lot but it was a lot lighter, see the problem at Seattle U they fell right on the road that was one of the main pathways for the students and the university uh, community people would uh, trip they would slip on them if you're walking wow. along and you don't see one, you step on an acorn, you can go flying. So we yeah. were, I had people up there raking, sweeping, blowing. I hate blowers, but we b- used those because we had to do something to keep those acorns off there. Yeah, so unfortunately, there's no easy answer to this. I think uh if, here's what I'll tell you, if you eat a lot of Brussels sprout casseroles, and you go out there and just keep uh, raking and sweeping, you're going to lift to 150 because you're going to get a lot of exercise. <laughs> <laughs> well, um,
2: I, it's a, so I did not have any of these drop off the first two years. I was totally caught by surprise. Uh, yeah. I was, playing, I, was, I was going to put. Uh, have this whole yard uh, yeah, this year, uh, rototilled and and seeded and everything um, but and I have a sprinkler system there so of course the acorns get watered
0: yeah um
2: so what happens if I go ahead and and with this you know rototilling and and it it I need a new lawn back there anyway but
0: um well here's the, I, kill the acorn? I have some good news I would go ahead and do that work because if you're mowing the lawn, that'll kill any of the oaks that are trying to grow. All you gotta okay. do is mow them and they've had it. And, uh, uh yeah. okay. but, and I do think every year won't be this bad. So they take, it's just like apple trees. They, if they produce a billion, the next year they take a break, they exhaust themselves. But then the next year, if conditions are right, you may get a million of those things again, you know, and it, I think it's just something you're going to have to live with. But um, as long as you're mowing that lawn, uh, you're yeah. not going to have any problem with old trees growing in there.
2: Okay. But will they, uh, if I, in, in, in reseeding and, and putting in a new lawn, um, will the grass help choke out any of the oak trees are they stronger than the grass that would be growing up i
0: would i would think that uh they probably will help a little in that regard but not you can't really count on that because uh we you know our oaks only out, put out they don't they don't survive that easy when the acorns fall and and start to grow We'd have them, uh, but that was never a big problem. But boy, we had some red maples, and those things seeded like mad, and the lawn, the lawn looked like a forest before we'd uh, mow it in the spring. Uh-huh. So that can be a problem. I so you can't really count on grass. It'll help, especially if you let your grass grow a little taller, because all seeds, just about all seeds on earth have to be hit by direct sunlight in order to germinate It's not true of everything, but I'm sure it's true of oaks for sure so uh, that'll help if you grow your lawn like a you know I cut my lawn I let it grow to three inches and I cut it to two inches tall and okay. um, I, you know that really helps keep weeds from growing because the sun's not if you can keep it thick and the sun can't penetrate to the earth doesn't hit those seeds and your chances are a lot better that way you know okay yeah that's it's going to be an ongoing problem
2: wow um (laughs) unless anyone comes up with a good recipe for acorns i'm kind (laughs) of
0: (laughs) happy or you could you know you could just import a lot of squirrels only the truth of the matter is squirrels plant more trees than any other animal on Earth, so that idea is not good. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe next year I'll put tarts down. Now, thank you. Yeah, uh, good luck, Bob, and uh, someday let me know how it all turns out, okay? You betcha. I'll take a picture of my forest. All right. Okay, take care. <laughs> take care. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. Hey, uh, there is one other good news about, uh, acorns. They lose their viability really fast. So if they're just sitting on the ground for a while, they, uh, a lot of times they never grow. So, you know, um, they got to sort of get buried somehow. And I think the reason they came up so much at Seattle U is cause of the squirrels. Well, uh, do we have time for another question right now, Brian or? All right. Yeah. So we're going to go to Deanna right now in Gig Harbor hi Deanna hello Cisco how are you doing just fantastic thank you well we actually lost
1: a big fir tree a couple weeks ago during a windstorm and it's presented us with an opportunity to create a barrier between our property and the adjacent property and we've been looking at bamboo now I I know you have talked about the virtues and the drawbacks of running versus clumping in the past. Oh yeah. But I wondered if you could readdress that a little bit and talk about I think the running bamboo needs to have a barrier created. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking at uh maybe thirty linear feet. Uh what things should we be mindful of when we embark on this project? okay Um, what are ideal growing conditions that sort of thing
0: all right well first of all i'll tell you in my opinion there's no way on earth i would plant running bamboo over there because even if you put in the barrier you know uh, you gotta be you gotta be walking the border all the time because it jumps a barrier and if it gets into your neighbors then he's then before you know what happens, he or she is going to have a running bamboo. <laughs> and you know, the other problem is you get a little older or something. There was the bamboo man in my neighborhood. He had running bamboo and it was spectacular all around his house. He got old. It ended up coming up in the middle of the street. So he just couldn't maintain it anymore. And once it took off, so. In my opinion, if I were going to go with bamboo, I would definitely do clumping bamboo. And it's really pretty. And it makes a wonderful screen. And you can thin it or let it grow thicker. If you fertilize it with like uh, organic lawn food, it takes off like a rabbit. If you don't water it much, it doesn't spread as fast. But here's the warning. Even clumping bamboo, as it's just like people. As it gets older, it gets wider. <laughs> you can't do anything about that. And, oh, my God, I mean, it makes a beautiful uh, break between your neighbors and everything. But uh, it, it'll keep getting wider. It will go into your neighbor's garden. So you want to, you know, plant it at least three foot back. And then you're probably going to end up uh, making uh, kind of a, a big trench behind it so that you could break you know, cut any bamboo that tries to go through that trench. Because right,
1: there is a uh, black chain link fence that separates our property, so I was gonna ask you how far the setback needed to be. And uh, how far about uh apart okay and how deep?
0: Uh I would make that trench a uh, foot and a half at least. Yep. Uh, That's what I have at my house around mine. Hey I have to take a break. Um But if you want, I'll talk about uh, weather and a couple other things, or you can hold on, whichever you prefer.
1: I'll uh, listen off the air.
0: All right. I promise I'll do my best to give a good answer. And uh, thanks a lot for the call. I appreciate it, Deanna. Thank you. Uh Okay. Okay. Hey, we'll be right back. 97.3 Cairo FM.
1: You're listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends.
0: All right, and Susan, hang on, because first I'm going to quick uh, finish answering Deanna's question about bamboo. And uh, so, uh, as I said, I would I would definitely do a clumping bamboo. I would never put running bamboo in my garden, ever. I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't even put it in a pot. <laughs> the roots sometimes go down in the ground. They run that way. So, uh Here's a couple of things I've learned and that is one way to slow uh clumping bamboo from spreading so fast cuz it does get big in every direction is uh to hardly ever water it. So at my house I have this big clumping bamboo in between uh, you know I have all kinds of really rare and unusual plants around it and uh so I hand water that area and I avoid going anywhere near that bamboo if I could possibly help it. It almost never gets any water. I've never seen a problem with it. And, um, it slows it down tremendously. We did this at Seattle U. It's a famous story at Seattle U. We had running bamboo, black bamboo, which is a gorgeous plant. I just love it. And it was in our Japanese garden and it never ran. And I, I, you know, sometimes some of the guys I worked with would go, I thought you said black bamboo's running bamboo. And I, I, you know, I'd say it is. I don't know. Well, I hired this great guy at that new irrigation. So he became our irrigation guy. He fixed all the systems. He put in new ones. He noticed that somebody had capped the head by that running bamboo. So he put a new irrigation head on there, and when we watered like we normally did, that black bamboo took over the whole Japanese garden so fast. I couldn't believe it. One day I walk up there and I go, what the heck? <laughs> what, what made that happen? Well, that's what made it happen. Uh, so most bamboo, if you don't water it, won't hardly run at all. So that, now, you're gonna have to get it established. You're gonna have to water it for a while. Most bamboo doesn't like, you know, super hot um, reflected sunlight. So, you know, it can take full sun. But then look, when you go to one of the bamboo nurseries, tell them, you know, I want one, if you're in the sun, tell them, I want one that can take more sun. You know, if you're going to put it in a sh- shady spot, there's different ones that like different conditions. So make sure that you talk to the people where you get it. And uh, and then if all else fails, you could buy the tool I bought, a bamboo spade. It's got a pile driver on it. It weighs 40 pounds. And you stick it in there, and then uh, you just use the pile driver to beat through the the rhizomes or the stolons, whatever they are, the bamboo that's trying to move out. And I do that about once a year. I go through and uh, chop off everything because bamboo to make a new colony has to survive a year so if you can cut the the main underground stem within a year then it won't make a new colony and that one that came up in your neighbor's garden will die (laughs) good luck (laughs) okay hey let's talk to susan quick here she's in seattle
3: hi susan hi Cisco. how are you
0: oh fantastic how are you
3: i'm good too
0: good good good
3: See, I have a Phalaenopsis moth orchid that finished blooming about six months ago, and all I've done is just watered it um, ever since I've had it. And I've noticed there's about a two-inch new shoot coming off the, the main stalk oh, cool. that died back. And so I've never fertilized this, and I'm wondering what is what should I do about fertilizing? Is there a particular type of fertilizer with a formula that should be Purchasing for this and any kind of advice you'd have would be appreciated.
0: Well, that's a really good question. So almost all the orchids really do need a little bit of fertilizer. But you don't want to overdo it because, you know, when you think about these orchids, you notice Mm -hmm. on your phalaenopsis how a lot of the roots come out of the pot and just kind of are sitting in the air. Well, that's Mm -hmm. the way they grow down in South America up in the trees. Right. So they're just sitting in a little branch union, and there's some moss and things that they adhere to up there. And then they send their roots out, and the rain uh, fertilizes them, you know, and because mm-hmm. um, there's enough nutrients in the water in rainwater. So, okay. uh, so, but what you can do is you can. I'm not sure if you'll find this at a regular nursery. Or uh, And I've actually been wanting to go get it myself. Or you might have to go to one of the uh, great orchid nurseries that we have right. around the area. You could do a search to find out where they are. And you might call first. But they have little spray bottles now of uh, the perfect little fertilizer for orchids. It's high in magnesium. I can't remember what the exact uh, formulation is. But all you gotta do is squirt that according to the directions, which will probably be once a week or something at the most. Squirt it on the leaves. So, uh, because that's how they really get most of their fertilizer they, they get their nutrients through their leaves and a little bit. So you could certainly squirt the roots that are sticking out too. And, wow. uh, generally I think you know, maybe once or twice a year, you'll want to use maybe, uh, you know, just a regular fertilizer high in phosphorus, just to water it in so the roots get a little extra. But the main thing is just to get one of these spray bottles and use that, and I think it'll be perfect for your uh, your phalaenopsis. Yeah. Well, when
3: I've gone out to look for the different fertilizers, I've noticed that they're, most of them are broken down into the different types of, of orchid. Then you're supposed to get this type of formula. Um, so it's very confusing.
0: I agree. Um,
3: so I don't know. I've been told you need a formula like twenty, ten, twenty 20 for a phalanopsis. But I don't know. It's just... Um, I, you
0: know, it's, I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. That's why maybe it would be best... To uh-huh. buy that at a um, an actual orchid nursery. Okay, very good. You know what the problem? Right. You know what the problem is though. You're going to buy eight more orchids when you walk into an that's orchid. Okay, I'm it's impossible.
3: <laughs> I love them. They're beautiful.
0: Oh, I love they them make so me much. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. You got a you've got a new one growing, so yeah, you're going to get flowers. You're doing yeah. good.
3: Okay. Well, I appreciate your show and.
0: Enjoy listening to you on Saturday mornings. Hey, thanks so much, Susan. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, listen, we have time for one call. Uh, nope, nope, I'll do an email instead when we come back. We don't want to take any chances of messing up. So uh, when I come back, I'll do a really fun uh, question I got this week, and you are listening to the Seahawks Station 97.3 FM.
1: This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio
0: Weekends. All right, this show is just flying by, I'll tell you what. Okay, so the question I've got for today is, uh, at the memorial, there were a lot of uh, pretty great expert gardeners there for Jigs Coleman, and uh, one of the people there said, you know, every year my blueberries have just produced really well. But for some reason, last summer, no flowers. None. So what in the world would cause that? Everybody's like, what would cause that? So the, uh, first thing that, uh, my friend Sharon came up with, which I think it could be easily what it is, it's too much shade. So, so often we'll, we'll plant blueberries in a spot in our garden and, you know, over time trees grow up around them and things. And it blocks the light. So if, if this happens to you, and this can happen with rhododendrons, can happen with hydrangeas, a lot of plants, if the shade just gets thicker and thicker, even with shade loving plants like a hydrangea and a rhodi, uh, they'll stop blooming. So that, that, it could be too much shade. However, the person said, no, 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 I just removed a bunch of trees. It's more sunny than ever in there. Oh, la, la. All right. Fertilizer could definitely be it. And pH. So, uh, blueberries really don't produce well over about a 5.5, uh, pH. So, you know, the more alkaline it gets, the less chance that your blueberry is going to bloom. And that's the same with rhododendrons really too. So, uh, one thing I always recommend if you're growing blueberries and they need some fertilizer, they run out of juice, you know, make sure that you're giving them organic, rhododendron food uh, in about early April and if you do that you could even if you're worried that it's just if it's not putting out a lot of growth or anything you could give it a second shot uh, maybe you know a couple weeks after that so that's one possibility may need for and uh, th- they had just pruned it now if, they, if you prune your blueberry down from the top then you're taking off a lot of the productive growth. So really, if you're going to prune a blueberry, you want to thin it out by taking out some of the oldest branches. So you could probably take a third of the oldest branches right down to the ground or an inch from the ground. That will promote lots of new ones to grow up and take their place. But you don't want to lower your blueberry from the top. That could definitely cause a problem. Uh let me see. Oh, and you know what's an interesting one? At Seattle University, we had these rhododendrons, never bloomed. And uh, they'd been in over by the library for years. They never bloomed, and it was frustrating. So uh, one time I sent the staff over there and said, dig those things out. We're going to get rid of them. Well, the first one they dug out, they had been planted deeper than they came out of the pot. They were probably two inches deeper in the ground than they came out of the pot. All the roots were die- slowly dying, and these had been in the ground for a long time. And what was happening is they were trying to grow new roots on the stem. Now, it doesn't mean those blueberries were planted too deep, but if you mulch too deep around them or anything blocks, uh, and I think that people told me they put some weed cloth uh, over the, blueberry to try and stop weeds from growing in it could be that stopping uh air from getting to the roots and maybe even moisture because uh blueberries have to have constant even moisture they don't want to sit in water ever and get soaked but they need moist soil or they won't produce and they have to have air to the roots so if you're mulching heavy year after year that could be the problem and finally of course there's always one more thing and that is, that finally, uh, if if you get a really bad cold snap right when the buds form for your flowers and it kills the buds, well, you're not going to get one flower on the plant. So, oh, la, la, that could be part of it. So, as you can see, I'm totally stumped, but there's lots of ideas. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody, I want you to remember now that I'm going to be at the Piop Home and Garden Show. It's going today, too, by the way. It's a fun show, and uh, that's down at the fairgrounds right in Puyallup, and I'm going to be there at 1 o'clock tomorrow giving away a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt. This is this is why people come, just because they're hoping they'll be the lucky person that wins it, but uh, I'm giving away quite a number of really cool plants, too, so I went to Sky Nursery and picked out a bunch of cool plants for this uh, today, so... Uh, Really great. All right, so I want everybody. My wife told me i got to be home from my afternoon walk by 4.30 because we're eating and then we're watching the Seahawks. No two ways about it. So go Hawks. All right, everyone, thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks, Brian. See everybody next week. Bye-bye.